No House Advantage is taking a different spin on daily fantasy sports by offering player prop contests across the NBA, MLB, NFL, and PGA for cash prizes. This is an awesome new fantasy sports platform that's leveling the playing field and making it easier to win than on the traditional fantasy sports apps. Download the No House Advantage app and check out our daily player prop contests without having to make a deposit. Play in public guaranteed cash prize pool contests or create your own private contest with friends. Use promo code EDGE when signing up and they'll match your first deposit with a $20 in free play. If your first time deposit is at least $10, we'll set you up with a free PFF EDGE annual subscription. No House Advantage offers daily player prop contests that include all types of player statistics. Featured player prop contests combine players of different positions across several statistical categories. Compete against other users and track in real time as you climb the leaderboard. Download the No House Advantage app now using promo code EDGE and they'll match your first deposit with up to $20 in free play. If your first time deposit is at least $10, we'll set you up with a free PFF EDGE annual subscription. Welcome to the Monday edition of the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. I am Kevin Cole. I am joined every Monday, well, Sunday night technically, by Ben Brown here. We're going to do our normal Monday thing here, which is we're going to talk about what we're buying and selling based upon the action this week. We'll get into the Monday night game, of course, uh, all the betting and props angles there. And then we'll also touch on showdown, uh, the DraftKings showdown angles. It was just stuff that I specialize in. So first, let me kick it to you here, Ben, for for the buys and sells. Uh, The first one I'm going to go with here is the biggest news of the day, definitely the biggest injury news, which is Dak Prescott's down. The Cowboys, normally you'd say they're done, the season's over, but they do have Andy Dalton as their backup. So are you buying them as a continued favorite potentially to win the NFC East, or are you selling without Dak? Yeah, so I think they were minus 125, minus 115 for the NFC um, to win that division, basically. I, I don't know. I think, obviously, Andy Dalton led them to, you know, the come-from-behind victory, basically got the field goal at the end to actually win it. So... Um, I don't know. I'm actually probably more, I have probably a different question. I'm wondering how quickly are we going to see Jalen Hurts? Because I do think that probably would play into uh, my decision-making process at this point. So I don't know. I guess I'm not necessarily really ready to back Andy Dalton, especially if they are opening up as uh, favorites coming out here next week again. So I don't know. I would I would like to see Jalen Hurts. So I'm wondering if you see that situation playing out. He did have one pretty uh, decent play throwing wise today so it seems like they're at least trying to keep him involved somewhat but i don't know if that's going to end up playing out so what are your thoughts on the nfc east yeah i mean i think it's hard as much as i think dalton is a perfectly capable quarterback and there are a lot of pieces on that offense so maybe there's some outside chance that you could see something like a 2015 dalton wherein he had aj green and marvin jones and tyler eifert and muhammad sanu and he had that type of career year where he was up near the top so there's some possibility of that but even though the eagles lost again today that was a tough matchup and the offense really wasn't as big of a problem as as the defense was there so i i think the eagles are probably going to be the favorite but i'm not sure by exactly how much yeah i i think the betting markets are really going to adjust to the point where Dak's not in there and yeah i would agree 
last week they definitely were the favorites. I think this week's going to be a completely different story. So we'll see what happens. Um, question back to you, 49ers, are they officially fraudulent at this point in time? I mean, we've talked back and forth about it a few other times, but wondering if you're ready to kind of put the nail in the coffin on them this year. Yeah, I mean, I think so. That was that was an embarrassing defensive performance in particular. Obviously, Garoppolo was was bad. Um, but, you know, Jimmy G does that sometimes, so I don't think it's totally out of the realm of what you would have expected. The bigger problem was uh, Fitzpatrick, who has been surprising. I mean, if you think about it, though, they weren't that bad versus uh, the Patriots, right? Uh, I mean, they, they lost, and it was kind of like a commanding but small lead for the Patriots the entire time. They had the lead against the Bills until the Bills came back with, with a final score to win that game. Uh, you know, they, they took it to Jacksonville, which is, you know, everyone kind of yeah. does that, um, except for the Colts. And uh, so, so the, maybe they're not actually that bad of a team. So I think there's some outside chance that the 49ers can get things together. But, man, they're, they're, their corner play and their coverage play looks really rough. Really, really rough. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, the, the coverage play in general seems really bad. But, I don't know, it doesn't seem like Jimmy Grapple is necessarily the answer. I know some people are floating around some other ideas, potentially involving Matt Ryan and the Falcons. I don't know. But um, I think just the NFC West in general was probably just a little bit overrated here to start the season. I definitely think um, it's showing its true colors here, I guess, through um, five weeks. But, I mean, of course, they do still have Seattle and Los Angeles Rams. So, just the bottom two teams that haven't necessarily done as well as we would expect. So um, moving on, I guess one, one more here is the AFC North, the best division in football at this point. I think they are. I mean, we have the, the Steelers at four and oh, we have the Browns and the Ravens at four and one. And, you know, the Bengals are not, not really competing, but as long as they're, I mean, that was, that was ugly today, by the way, Joe Burrow was getting right. terrorized today by that Ravens defense, but he still looks capable. So I still think they're a threat in almost every game that they, that they play. So yeah, I'm going to put them there. I was a little bit concerned about the Browns going into this game because of the fact that they've been so run heavy that they hadn't shown any reliance on that, that they had had this uh, enormous turnover differential. And on the defensive side, it looks so porous, especially up the middle, but all those concerns kind of went away. And this one a little bit, I mean, Obviously, they got the they, they got um, a lot of turnovers from Rivers, but they gave the ball back the, um, a couple of times themselves. And more importantly, Baker Mayfield, it was an offensive passing-led uh, game, especially in that first half when, when they took the lead. So uh, I, I'm buying the AFC North as being the best division in the NFL right now. Yeah, definitely. I agree. I think the Browns are actually for real. I think my only question still is kind of the Steelers at 4-0. Of course, they kind of had that early uh, bye week. But I don't know. I think Big Ben's kind of doing it on a pretty low average depth of target. His PFF grade hasn't necessarily been um, great or really popped off the page at this point. So, I mean, they obviously have a playmaker in Chase Claypool, but Juju Smith-Schuster's not really involved. I don't really think Deontay Johnson's necessarily as great as people thought he was to start the season. So, I think my one question is basically... Um, are the Steelers for real at this point? They obviously rely quite a bit, quite a bit on their defense, and that has no one to regress either in season or you know out of season, basically. But I'm buying into the AFC North probably as the best division at this point because the only other real option was the NFC West, and kind of like I touched on previously, that looks just a little bit fraudulent as opposed to where it was two weeks ago. So I don't know. Let's dive in. Let's talk a little bit more about Monday Night Football. We got the Chargers at Saints coming up here Monday night. Uh, the market kind of backed the Chargers. They opened up as seven and a half point favorites, moved down to seven. I think you can find it at six and a half in some spots. Definitely seems like 
Um, majority of public betters are still taking the Saints. I think some of that line movement was related to Michael Thomas being announced out here um, early today, basically, or early Sunday morning. Um, seems like big betters, a little bit more of like the market movement has been on the Chargers, but I don't really think there's a ton of value sitting here at this current price. I think if we could get it back up to 7.5, the Chargers might be um, an all right play at that price, but I think seven's kind of a tough spot on either side. So, I don't know. And the total, I think just seems like in general we've seen more unders this week than we have uh previous weeks i think the market moved down i think in general on the majority of games and in this one especially it's moved down from 52 all the way to 50 uh it's probably not enough value at that price i think you know this from the cash and ticket percentage we do see a really high percentage of the cash on the under obviously pushing that market down 77 percent of the tickets have been on the over um, much smaller bets and things like that so i don't know i think the game tonight or the game on sunday night basically kind of played a little bit slow until the end still finished under that uh, 54 and a half point total finished at 53 because seahawks didn't convert that uh two-point conversion towards the end of the game and and minnesota didn't necessarily kick the field goal either but um i don't know i think if I was leaning one direction for us to do it, I'd probably lean towards the under. But I'm wondering if you have any uh, insight into any fantasy situations that you're looking at, anything potentially from a showdown, or I guess we could talk a little bit about the prize picks pool we got coming up as well. Um, it's a site that I've enjoy, enjoyed quite a bit. You can basically just do over or under uh, fantasy point predictions for players. So um, are there any guys that you're seeing on prize picks that are popping up on you? Yeah, there are a couple of plays on here. I mean, it seems... Uh, sacrilegious at this point to say you're going to fade Alvin Kamara but his projection on here 22 points it's pretty hefty and now I know he's averaging more like 30 but then he's also scored seven touchdowns so far uh, in the season he's just been such a focal point of the office now you could say with Michael Thomas out that will continue in the same amount but I don't know that that's a pretty high one for me and and in addition to that just looking at in a similar sort of vein for Drew Brees at 20 it also seems maybe a tad tad high to me uh, I think generally when I'm looking at these I'm, I'm looking at going under most of the time so those are a couple that jumped out just if they may be pounding it a little bit more on the ground and in a weird way you think for Alvin Kamara that would be a good thing as a running back but he really generates so many fantasy points uh, as, a, as a receiver that I think if, they, if we see that sort of game script, you could take the under on both of those guys and end up profiting. Yeah, I don't mind that. I don't mind that. I definitely think the under in general is a good lean. I'm actually uh, kind of looking at this Emmanuel Sanders over 10 fantasy points, though, and saying that. Um, I do think there was potentially uh, some information where they potentially had Michael Thomas playing. It doesn't really look, obviously he's not going to play now, but I don't really think they adjusted this price. Manuel Sanders was running like 36%, I think he had 36% target share last week, ran around on 89% of dropbacks. So um, I think he's a guy that's definitely going to continue to be involved. I think he's kind of trending up um, as far as the Saints pass catcher at this point. Of course, Trey Smith's been catching the touchdowns, but I do think people are probably going to fade him in general just because they see the they see the perceived difficult matchup with Casey Hayward, um, who hasn't necessarily graded that well coming up this year. So I don't mind seeing Emmanuel Sanders over 10 fantasy points. It is PPR scoring. So, I mean, if he scores one touchdown, he's basically going to be there already. Um, so I do think he's definitely viable at over 10 fantasy points. Another one that I kind of like, I am leaning towards the overs apparently tomorrow, but I do kind of like Hunter Henry in a little bit of a bounce back game. Um, he wasn't really targeted or ran that many routes last week. 
think he was only targeted on 14% of his routes, by far his lowest target total this season, which um, was just kind of surprising given the game script and game flow um, against the Bucks last week. But I do think that they're going to try and get him a little more involved. He has been really involved to start the season, so I would go over Hunter Henry 12 fantasy points, I think is the other other one that's kind of jumping off the page for me, so... Yeah, I mean, if you're going to take it over, uh, I definitely like both of those. And maybe we'll just kind of roll this straight into the the showdown discussion since some of the names are there. So, yeah, for, for this contest, it's really going to be, number one, are you going to have Kamara as your captain or not? Because I presume that somewhere in the range of maybe 30% of, of lineups are going to do that, despite the fact that he is the most expensive option. Um, kind of by by a decent amount over over other players. I mean, Drew Brees is second. There's not a lot of super name brand talent on here. I mean, Keenan Allen is also there, um, and I think he'll probably be the second most owned player, a little bit lower down. Uh, so you mentioned Emmanuel Sanders, and he's a guy who's popping here on on my model. If you wanted to take a, uh, a captain option that's you know it's not going to pay out as often like he's not going to hit 25 percent of the time um, but he's probably not going to be owned nearly as much as he ends up hitting i mean i have his ownership only at about three and a half maybe four percent and then his possibility of being the winning captain more like five percent so that you get a little bit of of a spread there uh we don't know if mike williams is is 100 or not if he's going to play if he does he's another guy looks like he could just get ignored in here and he hasn't been a favorite target of of Herbert like he was for Terod Taylor when he was playing but it but he he could have a possibility and it's really just trying to find these undervalued options here that's the that's the unique spin on showdown versus uh looking at something like uh props uh is you're really just trying to guess where the market may be moving where the crowd is moving as far as what the ownership is concerned right definitely I mean basically you're looking for you know point and a half percentage of value basically in relation to where your projections are as far as him being the highest owned player in the game and where his actual captain or flex position um is so yeah i definitely agree i do think it seems like you know your wide receiver one or wide receiver two are kind of the definite best value plays when looking at it from that angle i don't think you're necessarily going to be right as often as you're going to be when you choose the quarterback or even the high owned running back or something like that but i do think the payoff is obviously uh disproportionately better when you have those guys in your lineup and they do end up going off so i do think just in general that is uh definitely a correct approach and i would agree with you so i don't know i am kind of liking elvin kamara's under 67.5 rushing yards so i have been um fully backing you fading him in both prize picks and potentially as a captain play at this point so uh we'll see if he comes back and punishes up with punishes us with like a 10 catch performance or something like that from uh drew Brees. but i don't i don't think so so well that's what, that's what, definitely a possibility i mean it was, it was right. funny was the last time they were on on showdown uh i actually liked it i liked camara in the in the captain spot so it's not it's not just always fade him it's just his ownership because of the fact that he's been so dominant again for another week um it's just probably going to be out of control in this one yeah and there's nothing and there's no michael thomas basically to soak up any of that ownership so i think 100 of the direction at least for saints offensive players when you're when dfs players are looking at those options they're basically going to focus on alvin kamara because i think there's still a little bit of the narrative as far as drew Brees isn't capable of throwing the ball far enough downfield and stuff like that that definitely plays into some of those narratives so who would you like uh and you know more the flex positioning if you were looking to uh after one of those captain positions are chosen 
Yeah, I mean, this is a bit of a, of a macro thing, but both of the quarterbacks look like they're values, and the quarterbacks are just traditionally values in the flex spot. They're, they can, they're under-owned as a lot of players like to kind of take one side or the other. Um, so a lot of times if you can place both of them together in a lineup that works well with a more moderately priced uh, price captain. So I think that that's an option. I mean, I mentioned Emmanuel Sanders before and Mike Williams look like they have a little bit of value. And I'm also sensing a little bit of value on the, the Chargers defense. Now, uh, that, that one it could be a little bit difficult to come by. I mean, Drew Brees isn't known for throwing interceptions or, or taking sacks. So, But their ownership is just, I'm just presuming it's going to be so, so low that if you do get a weird outcome or, or something happening there, you could be one of the few lineups to have them in there at a very cheap price, which you can build around then for other players. Yeah, definitely. I, I like that strategy quite a bit. So we'll see. We might have to come back uh, again here tomorrow if we get any uh, Buffalo Bills at Tennessee Titans line or DFS action. But right now it's looking pretty uh, bleak, at least from that perspective. I'm not seeing any lines or any uh, sort of contest postings at this point. So maybe we'll be back tomorrow with a little bit more discussion on that. But this was Ben Brown joined by Kevin Cole. We went through, uh, you know, a little bit of recap of the Sunday week five games. It was uh, there was a lot of things to digest at this point in time. Um, then we got, you know, discuss a little bit more about what we like coming up here on Monday night, both from a betting, uh, DFS showdown, and a little bit of props perspective. And we got, you know, some of our favorite prize picks pools in here as well. So we'll be back tomorrow with the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. Thank you.